own the secret and live with it. Let your father before you, his father before him. Remember, no one goes into the mausoleum. No one. <laughs> Welcome to Hell Cast. <laughs> I'm Reaper. I'm Eddie. And today we are doing something a little bit special. If you're watching, fuck you. <laughs> we are doing a video. We're going to try to do a video style. I'm probably saying it right now and it probably didn't work out. <laughs> it's like, hey, fuck that. <laughs> hey. Hey. Craig had to keep his pants on for this Who? one. Reaper had to keep his pants on for this one because usually he's sitting there with his underwear picking at his... Yeah, yeah, usually. Scott Carlson from Repulsion is joining the show. You might remember him from such bands as Cathedral and Death Breath. And, and Repulsion. Repulsion. <laughs> you know, we talked about it before. A little bit. I was looking around for stuff, and when I go like somewhere that's like fucking mainstream, and I see... This bullshit. This band called Amia Venera Landscape. I mean, what the fuck is that? (laughs) First off, I have a problem with these really long goddamn names, okay? That was like a punk thing, you know? Obviously, I got a Corrosion Conformity shirt on there. That's a pretty long name, but that was different. Now it's like, you know, bullet for my Valentine as I lay dying and like all these fucking... Yeah. Just just, hot topic bands. Yeah, and it's just this goddamn phrase. But that's not the point I'm getting at. I mean, that does piss me off. That it just it doesn't piss me off. It's just really annoying. It's fucking stupid. Just look at these jackasses. Dude, this guy's got a. That might as well be a checkered fucking. Sweater. I think it's a cart. No, not a cardigan. But yeah, it's a, it's yeah. What happened to that rock band look? When you were in a band, you know, I would say let's go 80s. We always go in this fucking decade. Does it? Because doesn't stir us wrong, I guess. So you had a look, you know, you long hair, leather. You don't have long hair for the people on the video, but but you know what I mean? And it had that look and that was like indistinguishable. That was you are in a band most likely or you're in the like metal, you're in the rock or something. Right. Now, it's just some fucking jackass that you can't tell what the hell he's into and that's a fucking band. Now, the point I'm getting at though is I have a real big problem with that because first off, it violates all the rules. Like what that isn't a band. That's just a bunch of sh- fucking schmucks that are playing shuggalugga music. Maybe sometimes they're playing something <laughs> decent. For the most part, they aren't. They're right. just a bunch of fucking jackasses that you want to slap in the fucking face. Look at this jackass. He's got a fucking stupid ass hat on. This guy's got a cardigan. This fucker's got... He looks like he is a mall model. Yeah. And that is not a rocker. That is not metal. It's kind of like when you go to a mainstream place, like the bar right. up the street, and every dude in there has looks like that. So these guys look like the douchebags at the bar that are being douchebags. What then, it is. And they're up on stage dressed like that. Just like the, the, the jogging suits, remember? like Yeah. In the, in the 90s and all that shit. It was like, come on. What happened to the rebellion that was 
music. Now, and this is where I'm segueing right. into, okay? So you got these. I just want to fucking slap them. <laughs> I'm, I'm like really getting angry here. But yet, you go to, let's say, and I talked about them last time. I was like, yeah, they're putting out good bands nowadays. Metal Blade. A reputable label. They put out some great bands back in the day. Groundbreaking bands. Right. <laughs> and now they're giving a chance to this shit. Fucking over a potential good band. A band that has the look. A band that is passionate about music and knows that. Because you know that dipshit. That guy couldn't tell you shit. But like, hey, who's Tom G. Warrior? Sounds like a scientist. Just slap him in the face. He doesn't know what the fuck that is. He doesn't know anything about metal. He couldn't tell you anything. He could tell you about Slipknot. He could tell you about all this bullshit. So the point I'm getting at with that is I'm really getting pissed off because that shit is taking over the major label thing. And not that I'm a big fan, and this is kind of more of an underground show, but the fact that Hey, it is gonna. They're gonna cross paths, and who's gonna cross paths? Mainstream and underground. And back in the day, with underground, underground was just bands that didn't have a, a, a label. There were bands that were doing it themselves. Now it's underground is the bands that look the part, play the part, and are the best. And mainstream is this bullshit. Or something, or, or something of the like. It's all flashy. It's all good looking. It's all pretty. What happened with the rebellion? Because you know, back in the day when there was bands that were making a stance, Slayer, you know, it, all the bigs. I mean, in, in, the, in California mainly was they were against fucking hair metal. Against they were against, They were totally fucking against it. And what did Slayer well, do? They started singing about Satan. They were looking ugly. This is the modern day pretty. This bullshit, look at that fucking hat. That is today, that is the pretty of today. And it's accepted. It's not, I, I, no one's fighting it. But that's, that's what I was saying before. Mainstream bands in the 80s, Priest, there was a certain attitude, uh, just a, an edge or something that they had where it was like, yeah, man, these guys are standing for something. And this, it's like, yeah, I don't know. What are you standing for? You know, that- they don't stand for shit. It's just some jackass that went to the mall. He got his fresh outfit, and they do and that. You know, and and furthermore, whatever, right? furthermore, I've been assessing. I'm, I'm, I've been analyzing this shit, and like I've been, I was, I got into that show Breaking Bad. Have you, I don't know if you ever watched that. Yeah, yeah. The other drug dealer. Right, right. He's like a ghetto guy. That's the fucking ghetto look too. Is this shitty metal? So where the hell is the difference between the two? The point I'm trying to make is why aren't people outraged by that? You open up a freaking mainstream magazine, that's where you're going to get your news about those bigger classic bands because they are bigger and because they had that look of that time, so they're going to stick with that look. But now your bigger bands of today look like fucking ghetto and they're right in there in the same fucking magazine. And that, for once, that pisses me off. I want to hear about fucking King Diamond's open heart surgery. I want to find out what is going on with that. And then I got to be reminded by these fucking douchebags that I can see when I go down the street to the fucking mall that I want to slap in the fucking face. They're in my metal magazine. I wonder. Get the fuck out of there. Metal's probably more like accepted today than it was maybe in the 80s. I had an experience where where I was talking with somebody who metal band and we play blah blah and it was like that like the screamo and then they sing you know what I mean uh-huh. and then and then <laughs> I played them some uh, a CM thing and they were who? Like, <laughs> crucified mortals and, and they were like man that's like really hardcore that's kind of like scary and it, it is what it is it's there and it crosses paths to our beloved bigger bands our classics 
and our soon-to-be classics or our modern-day bands that are doing right that just happen to be bigger. And if you open up any mainstream magazine or semi-mainstream magazine, you're going to see this bullshit. Right. And I, for one, have a big problem with that because if you were – if in the day – you're opening up a fucking magazine and you see Poison right next to Slayer, you would have been fucking pissed off because those are contra... That is the difference to one another. They don't like one another. Well, Poison might like Slayer, but Slayer didn't like them. They were contradicting that. They didn't... They had a problem with that. That's pretty. This is bullshit. That's mainstream bullshit. We're doing something ugly. We're doing something heavy. No one's doing that. They're fucking, oh, no one's saying anything. And I'm saying, what happened to that? Part of me wants to say, fuck that guy. Who gives a shit? Because you know what? That's the problem. (laughs) Right. But the thing is, is I'm glad that there's stuff like this out there because it makes us still have our own thing do you know what i mean and it's not it's it's, it's not being plastered everywhere because in the 80s i think it was kind of plastered everywhere dude it is plastered everywhere because that bullshit what's plastered everywhere this bullshit no i'm saying that fucking imagery but, but imagine and like, how do you know the difference but imagine if you walked to applebee's and you walked in and everybody had leather coats on and wearing you know oh well no, i'm not saying that I'm just saying what happened to the rebellion for this bullshit. You're there right. basically you're borderlining my music. My fucking music. Which call me a fucking dork, I take to heart. And you're borderlining this, you're getting stuck into the not that I care about anyone's opinion, but you're being stuck into the same realm as me. Someone's like, hey, you like metal. And then it's like, yeah, you must like Job for a Cowboy. And then you look up Job for a Cowboy and they're like, and I'm getting lumped into that. It's like, what the fuck? Fuck that. No way in hell. And that was the same thing that was happening with hair metal and all that and to thrash oh, yeah. and stuff. And that's what the rebellion was about. And no one ever, everyone's just fucking sitting but there quiet about w- w- it. When I was a kid and I watched Hell's Head, you know, I'd, or Headbangers Ball, I'd stay up and fucking the first two hours of it was Bon Jovi and White Lion. Shit that wasn't metal, but it was lumped in the metal and it pissed me off then too. Exactly. But what I learned over fucking time is I was like, fuck those guys. I know what's in my heart. I know what's important to me. This stuff isn't. Fuck them. And that's that's where the rebellion, that's where the, the, the love and the devotees come from because you just say, fuck that. We are talking about with uh, Athenar when he was here. Paul Bailoff, you know, was cheesy fronting out the posers or whatever. Oh, yeah. That's what he was doing. He was calling it out and people were getting them the fuck out of there. Who's calling that shit? I want that douchebag that looked like he just got his stupid all over print tribal bullshit with his gauge earrings and spiked hair. Get the fuck out of here. Get him in the pit then. He wants to fucking walk around. Get him in there and beat his ass. Everyone get on there. Free excuse to kick his ass. Don't ever come back to my fucking show. That's the point I'm making. No one does that now. It's acceptable. It's bullshit. And frankly, I have a problem with it. That's my take on it. So, but, if, but if he likes your music, who gives a shit? Fuck that guy. I don't want him to like my music. But I'm not saying these guys, but there could I'm, be... I'm, I'm just saying he he says he likes it, but he doesn't. Speaking of music, we need, we need to listen to music. So we're encouraging people to write in. Hellcast at hellsheadbangers.com.
are many things that can destroy a band's reputation or just destroy them, period. And I made a list of things that definitely kill a band. Patriotic American songs. Political shit, yeah. They, they just are stupid, you know. Hey, America, we're a metal band. Dun, 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 yeah. America, dun, 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 dun. yeah, America. It's just stupid. You're not the only fucking country in the world that's listening to the metal. So I have a problem with things that are international, you know, because if it doesn't click internationally, because some dude in freaking Finland's not going to be sitting he's there going to relate like, to it. Yeah, he's not going to be like, yeah. Yeah, go America. World War Two. Yeah, you guys were the hero. Fuck those Japanese on Pearl Harbor. Or Mikatoshi in Japan, he's not jamming out. He's going, definitely not. Yeah, he's yeah. he's not going, yeah, yeah, fuck those Japanese people. No, he's not. I mean, I don't know what they teach him in history about that. They're not exactly anti-America these days, so I don't know what the hell they're teaching him, but I doubt he really wants to fucking have it rubbed in his face, you know? Right, yeah, rubbed in his face, and it's just, you're right. But and either way, it's just People stupid. don't give a shit. Around the world, they don't give a shit. A born-again Christian. <laughs> yeah, we're like... That <laughs> destroys your band. <laughs> you're done. Pretty Can much. we say Mega Life? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's... The Sacred Reich comes to mind, because they had that No Believers song on the first album, and then... I don't know about Surf Nicaragua, but definitely the American Way album. You know, oh, yeah. Daddy Left Again. So anytime you say Daddy in a fucking song, that's on, that's not on the list, but it's on the list now. Don't say Daddy in a song. Mommy, Daddy, get it out of a metal song. You're done. And they did that. Uh, haircuts. Sorry, Eddie. And it's not just short hair. It's short, stylish hair. So if it's like gelled and yeah, yeah like it's just like, dude, yeah, you just... You just fucking killed your band. I, I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but the pretty boy look. That, yeah. Like those guys earlier. Oh, yeah. If, if yeah. yeah. Maturing songwriters. Anytime you're a band and goes, we really matured at songwriters, they suck. Yeah. Can I, can I hear a death? <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of shit for that, but God damn it, dude. Sound of Perseverance, Scream Bloody Gore. Which one's better? Huh. I wonder. Can we all say Carcass? Age. Age fucks you because everyone wants to grow up and be more mature with content. Like, you know, we were just kids when we did that. Now we're mature adults and we just, Satan, that was just childish. Now we know about Jesus and now we're just nuts, you know? And to put it out of that perspective, it's it's always like, we're grown up now, so we're doing things a little more serious. You know, we got kids. We can't sing about that stuff. Because, and what they, what they think that, Means or what they're doing, they're starting to take themselves too seriously. And that's, right. That'll kill that. When you start taking yourself it's, yeah. seriously, like and, yeah, the, and, and the silliness, because then let's say, let, let's face it, a lot of that stuff's silly, but it, it, it's what I want to hear. You know, I want to hear about Satan and I want to hear murders about, you know, and put her on the altar. Gore, and, yeah. yeah. Like, and, and, and it takes out the rebellion. It does. Because yeah, kids are rebellious. And, and re- honestly, who really gives a fuck? Like, there was um, I don't give a one of those kids. TV shows. Um, that was on cable, and I remember Gary Holt, where he said, "Yeah, I joined the PTA, and if Who? I had exactly, and he said something like, if I, it's not quoting, but he said, you know, if I had it to do all over again, the stuff they did in the '90s, he goes, I'd go back and I'd write songs about killing people again, and it's like, right, exactly, that's because those albums were bad. Yeah, I mean, feeding time at the zoo. Woo! 
Honestly, though, Gary Holt should have been like, I would have got a new singer because Steve Souza, that guy sounds like a fucking retard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mentally challenged people, but yes, he does. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, what the fuck is this? Ugh. Come on, Norwegian and chicks. <laughs> Don't get mad at me for this one. The addition, the addition of keyboards. Yes, addition. Done. If you start out with them, or, Dude, don't do it. Or the the orchestra or symphony. Fuck. Why are you referring what to Metallica the- again? We're an underground show. <laughs> well, they were the first know. fire bombs, motherfucker. Dude, fucking. <laughs> yes, but the addition of keyboards is shitty. End of story. Changing tunings. Because every fucking time that happens, it turns into some chugga-lugga bullshit. Yes. I, Can you say forbidden? Did you hear the album Green? <laughs> I don't think they made any green on that. That was bad. <laughs> you know what else? Wearing sports team paraphernalia will kill your band. Uh, can you say Slayer? Yeah, that's... I don't care what you think. If you're a fan of South and Heaven or Seasons in the Abyss, you gotta admit, when fucking Jeff Hanneman busted out the Razor... Ra- the ra- the Razor. The Raiders jerseys, it was not as good as... Freaking, Seeing him, yeah, in his... Right. Whatever. When, what happened to Satan? When Satan in the football... And that was what I was going to say. Fucking sports. Yeah. <laughs> Be a sports fan. Who gives a shit? But Don't yeah, we're, we're in it on with the your fucking, music. Right. It's, I, it's and that's another one. Fucking sports songs. Put it this way. It's not even cool for jazz to sing about fucking sports songs. Metal? Get the Definitely. fuck out of here. I, who the fuck sings a sports song? He hit a home run. Yeah. First base. Ooh, yeah. You who know? did that? I don't know. <laughs> but a bunch of ba- uh Forbidden on that gay it. green album. Oh, that's probably why I don't know it. That should have been called Black because they made nothing. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah, they had a song where it had, you talk about a hit. You know, fumble! Catch the ball! It was like, what? What does that have to do with Twisted in the Four? Or, oh, I didn't really like that one. But what does that have to do with, you know, uh, Forbidden Evil? What does that have to do with fumble? Catch the ball! Hike! Motherfucker! Blitz! Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> that is so fun. And especially football. I'm sorry, everyone that like, because everyone in metal is probably like, well, I like if if I was gonna pick any sport, it was gonna be football. That is boring than fucking golf. I love to tell people that because they give me a weird look, like what? It's like, dude, dude, it the is best way sport boring. for metal, if there had to be one, would be fucking hockey, because uh, that's the closest to like having best shit sport could- for metal. If there had to be one, would be fucking hunting or just fucking. <laughs> So fucking rock against drugs, man. Rock, what is rock like, against like, drugs? Like uh, band members that come out and you know maybe one of their band members like fucking died of or is a heroin addict and they start preaching about don't fucking do drugs or don't fucking drink. Oh and, yeah, like the rock rock against drugs. It was like that political fucking. So being it, it, sober, more or less. Yeah, being sober. Fuck whatever. But don't. It, it maybe goes back to the preaching about it, and it's like fucking who. Don't, don't tell have me. a soft heart, man. Be honest. Don't Being sober fucking, sucks. It, it does. It fuck. It's it's yeah. It's like fucking control yourself. Fucking if you're gonna drink, fucking or do drugs, fucking do it. But fucking have the self control to not have to go. I have to be completely clean, or else I'll go over the fucking edge. Fuck you. You're a pussy.
I am proud to introduce Scott Carlson to the show. You may remember him from Repulsion, Death Breath, Cathedral. Is there anything else I missed out on there? I think that's pretty good for for what we're talking about here. And an obvious start to everything would be probably where it all came from and with Repulsion. And since the release of your first and only album, Horrified, in 1989, Repulsion has kind of been an icon for extreme music. Was it your, your intention to create a more extreme form of music from the get-go or things just kind of progressed towards that? No, I think it was absolutely our goal was to <clears throat> be more extreme. I don't know how extreme we were trying to be, but we were definitely always striving to be faster and heavier and sicker and louder than and noisier for that matter too than anything that we were listening to you know if we heard a new band we were always trying to outdo it as far as maybe not the musicianship but definitely the extremity always trying to outdo whatever we heard not necessarily outdo it in a competitive way but just outdo it because we wanted to hear what it would sound like to you know hear a band playing at the next level of heaviness or noisiness or speed you know Repulsion is not only extreme in the essence of speed, but also lyrically. Where did you gain such inspiration to sound and the lyrics? Well, the sound was simply pretty much two or three people, like uh, like Cal from Discharge and uh, Jeff Becerra from Possessed and Kronos. You know, those were my my vocal um, heroes back then. Guys that, and Paul Bailoff, you know, guys who also were writing pretty extreme violent uh, dark lyrics uh, i think that's where a lot of the gory stuff came from was some of those early exodus songs and um of course uh working with chuck schuldiner you know in the early days who you know chuck and i would go back and forth to see who could write the most offensive lyrics <laughs> and we'd call each other on the phone and you know tell us what i got you know uh, a little bit of a validation to a a question that's going to come up here later. Now, I think it was like, what, 2004, the band had reunited. What was the idea to reunite the band? How did that come about? Um, that was right when the uh, <clears throat> sort of deluxe issue of the album came out on Relapse. And uh, somebody at Relapse, I think it was Rich, might have been Rich Hoke at the time, was like um, doing in-house booking for Relapse and just said, hey, you know, do you guys have a way to perform? Because... I'd like to just throw you guys on the booking roster and see what happens, you know. And next thing you know, uh, we got booked onto Milwaukee Metal Fest. From there, it just sort of blossomed, you know. Within After we played Milwaukee Metal Fest and that deluxe CD was out, we started getting offers to play in Europe. People knew we were able to play gigs. People started asking us to play in Europe and different festivals around the U.S. And uh, it just sort of snowballed from there, and, and we never really put much thought into playing more than like a couple of gigs after you know the idea i think if you found an interview from around 04 when we put that cd out was like yeah we'll do a couple of gigs and then put it to bed and the gigs just kept coming and and we have uh because of the logistics of trying to work with the original rhythm guitar player and drummer dave and aaron uh that who still live in michigan it's become impossible for us to do it so matt and i ended up finding a rhythm section in california who are younger and more enthusiastic than we are even so uh that has made it possible for us to sound and perform at a, at a level that i think you know sort of keeps up with newer bands you know yeah absolutely and in a previous interview you had stated that you would never try to do a new repulsion album because you feel that the ex the expectation from the fans you wouldn't be able to live up to them and you know that's something that a lot of bands that have reformed have 
kind of said that it seemed like you were pretty strong and set in your ways with that but it, it seems like in time as the bands progress and doing their reunions they get to see and relive that the glory days and whatnot and almost kind of change their mind like yeah you know we, we could probably do this so has that kind of been for you or are you pretty much stuck with the same thought um we haven't <clears throat> you know we've we've sort of softened our stance on that a little bit because we have come up with a few ideas here and there but I don't think you'd see a full album. You know, if Repulsion were to release some new music, it would probably be in the form of like EPs, um, you know, seven inches digital, you know, download type things. I, I just can't see, you know, making an album. You know, I read an interview with uh, Phil Anselmo, who's made tons of records o- over the over his career recently, talking about Down and how they're they're currently putting out like a series of EPs and. And he was talking about how hard it is, how much energy and focus it takes to release uh, full-length albums, you know. Oh yeah. And uh, and and I could see us maybe, you know, spitting out some little, you know, focused, uh, you know, chunks of music, like three, four songs, which for us would be, you know, five, six minutes worth of music, mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, trying to tackle the idea of making a whole album and making it as strong all the way through as you know horrified and what people think of it so uh it's not it's not i'm not saying we are doing it but i'm not i can no longer deny that the idea hasn't crossed our minds to write some music you know i mean matt and i have actually sat down and thrown around some riffs and i we're both confident that if we wanted to put something together we could it's just a matter of everyone in the band has a professional career outside of music and would it be? Would we be able to put enough focus into it to make it good? But it, it could happen. And it wouldn't be anything out of the ordinary. It'd kind of be where you left off because it was doing a bunch of EPs and stuff, and towards the end there anyway. So I think it'd fit right in. I think musically, it would probably. You know, we still have the the idea that if we were going to do something, it would be extreme. So it wouldn't be like some complete, you know, change of pace uh, uh, as far as the flavor of the music goes. You know. Well, that's reassuring. <laughs> you know, I had read that Dave Grave obtained his nickname because you had heard about him on the news desecrating graves. Is there any truth to this? And if not, how did yeah. he get his nickname? There's uh, the total truth to that. If you look at the inner sleeve of the uh, original album, I think it's even on the uh, the Relapse final reissue. It's probably too small to read in the uh, CD booklet, but there's an article, <laughs> the original article out of the paper, about it is printed on the uh, on the sleeve of the album <laughs> and, uh, yeah dave was young and he he was uh he wanted to i think that it's as silly as this you know he was probably like 16 17 years old and he wanted a skull for his drum set so where else to find a skull for your drum set but in a tomb <laughs> <laughs> that's great man <laughs> dig up a grave i think they broke into a tomb and, and stole a skull from an old corpse and as teenagers do they went around the school like bragging about it and somebody just like completely lost it and like turned him in <laughs> <laughs> hey the true extreme <laughs> what is he up to these days oh you know he's a family man now he's got children and he's married and he lives in detroit and how about aaron freeman the uh the Here, dark you- guitarist on horrified um he also lives in michigan you know, just laying low. It's a hard hit area there in Michigan. You know, so. Oh yeah, absolutely. Is, do you kind of keep a, in touch with those guys on a regular basis, or not so much? Um, not not too much. There's a couple people back there from our old 
days that I still keep in touch with. But uh, Aaron and Dave were both, you know, sort of doing their own thing. And Matt and I live out here in Los Angeles and we're kind of doing our own thing. The time difference also makes it hard to like, hey, I'm just going to give somebody a call. You know, yeah, by the time I get home from work, everyone's in bed back there. Yeah, absolutely. And as you mentioned, you know, you were originally from Flint, Michigan, and now you reside in Los Angeles. What what made you decide to move to L.A.? And how long have you actually been there? Funny, I, I when I lived in Michigan, I was, I left uh, when I was younger and moved to Chicago for several years. In the meantime, Matt had moved out here because uh, he was really interested in working on like film scores and. Um, you know, doing music for for films and TV and stuff, and so he came out here, and uh, and he was already established. And I was getting sort of bored in Chicago, and I was talking to him on the phone one day, and he just you know suggested I come out here. And Matt hooked me up with a job in a post in the post production industry, and I've just sort of ran with it since then. I've been out here for fourteen years. And on a different note, you've been involved playing guitar for a rock and roll band called the Super Bees. Is that band still active? And can you tell the listeners a little bit more about it? Oh, yeah. Well, it's not completely active. It kind of operates like all the other bands I get into. We uh, we made an album and an EP, a couple EPs, actually, back in the uh, early 2000s. And uh, we're all still friends. And we have never like officially broken up the band. At the same time, we probably play like once a year, twice a year, or something like that. We haven't played. I think it's been over a year now since we played. But I just hung out with all those guys last weekend, and we've been talking about playing gigs, playing a couple of gigs. And it's basically just like a really hard, high energy rock and roll sound, sort of garagey. You know, sort of. I think metal fans might be able to relate to it because there's probably some similarities between uh, the Super Bees and like the Helicopters. We've actually played gigs with the Helicopters, and we put an album out on Acetate and an EP, a 12-inch EP out through uh, FUCT, the Fucked Clothing Company, it was like their one experiment into uh, putting out vinyl. And I think his uh, financial advisors told him that putting out records is not a good idea. <laughs> so, uh, Where's the link that uh, people could check that out? There's got to be, uh, well, Acetate Records must have a page about the band, the label. Um, I would imagine there's a Facebook and um, MySpace pages dedicated to the band as well. So needless to say, you're not monitoring the, uh, the social networking for the band. No, I'm, I'm terrible with social networking, actually. I'm, anybody that's ever tried to contact me on Facebook will probably real or tell you that uh, it takes me a couple weeks to get back in touch because I always forget to look at it. Hey, can't be uh, making good records and all that when you're sitting behind, you know, chatting around with people. So. And working a day job on top of all, all that. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Can't blame you for it. <laughs> I, I understand. You know, it was, it's funny because when I was doing this research, I... It came across a fun fact that I had no idea about, and you had mentioned it earlier, uh, was working with death. And I had read on Metal Archives that uh, you actually did a recording in, what, 1985? Is that true? And why did that last such a short time? Uh, There's no official recording, but uh, there's like a couple of bootleg seven inches out that have uh, rehearsals with uh, Matt and I playing with Chuck and Cam Lee. And that lasted for three or four months. We... In like the spring of 85, uh, I had been communicating a lot with Chuck 
um, talking to him on the phone, sending back and forth uh, letters and, and tapes of rehearsals of, uh, of our band Genocide at the time. And, you know, I think they had just changed their name from Mantis to Death around then. So there was a lot of, can you hear that music playing outside there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a window open next to me. Sorry. Uh, so anyway, Matt and I went down to Florida uh, to we were just like hey you know we, we thought Chuck and I both thought that our styles would mesh really well so Matt and I took our bass and guitar and and uh, and ourselves down to Florida and hooked up with Chuck and Cam who were a guitarist and a drummer and we tried to you know form a band under the name Death it lasted for a little while and Cam lost interest I think mainly because he uh, clearly, if you look at where his career tra- trajectory, he wanted to be a vocalist. He wanted to be the frontman of the band. Chuck also wanted to be the frontman of the band, and I was the frontman of Genocide. So there were a lot of guys there that were perfectly capable of fronting their own band, all trying to fit into one band, you know? Yeah. Uh, death metal doesn't really work, usually anyway, like the Beatles where everybody <laughs> sings, you know? It's like... <laughs> so- too many cooks in the kitchen i think for for it to work out especially when you know we started like uh getting into the songwriting process with chuck matt and i realized that uh you know chuck's idea was to be technical you could you could see where he went with his music you know and he got really good at it playing really technical death metal and matt and i just wanted to bash a couple of chords and like make music as dream as possible and i think chuck had already moved beyond that phase in his life you know he didn't want to play like that anymore he wanted to be recognized as a good musician and uh ironically uh, matt olivo is probably one of the best musicians in ever death metal he's an insane guitar player but he never really cared about being applauded for his guitar playing he just wanted to make extreme music and uh, it just didn't end up not working out you know there was never any animosity between us and chuck or anything like that in fact spoke to chuck many times after that and it was always like a very friendly happy occasion but musically it just wasn't working out and i think all along he always respected what repulsion were doing and, and uh, we always respected what he was doing but it just wasn't going to blend you know yeah and that yeah. and everyone seems to uh accomplish their goal that they set out to do so it worked <laughs> out brief period where we were all working together and you know a few months later or a couple within a year or so you had death massacre and repulsion all out there in at the same time so everybody sort of was young and motivated and got got it together what they wanted to do you know in 2006 you had contributed a few vocal performances on death breaths album sticking up the night and then again uh on the ep let it stink and as many people know repulsion was one of nick a's influences for nihilist and entomb so one can only imagine how much honor it would have have been for him to have you involved how did your involvement with death breath come to be when i heard the first entombed record uh that was when i was my interest in death metal was definitely waning at that point there were only a couple of bands like napalm and morbid angel that i actually really appreciated and i heard entombed and it just spoke to me it was like you know it had elements of like you know rock style rock and roll style arrangements and really open like you know uppercut to the jaw type of guitar power chords and you know everything about it was just amazing the vocals were great the tones were great the playing was great and uh, i was a fan instantly and then to look at the sleeve of the record and see that they were influenced by us was just an absolute honor because they were the only band that we were really digging at the time so 
for them to say that they were heavily influenced by us was like a complete honor. And I think I got in touch with Nick and, and we just stayed friends forever. We're still friends today. And, and like everything that he's done, I've been a fan of everything he's done. And I think he's just an amazing talent. So when he asked me to be involved in Death Breath, it was like, you know, I didn't even have to think about it. It was just instant hell yes, you know. I think it was probably more of an honor for me than it was for him at that point. You know, it's like Nick has accomplished a lot and he's a really incredible musician. So it was great to play with him. And, uh, you know, he, he can sit down and say, I'm going to make a death metal record and it's going to sound like death, possessed and repulsion and autopsy. And, and that's exactly what he does. Like everything that Nick sets out to do, he accomplishes. And that's like a really impressive for any person, but he's done it over and over again. Uh, with every musical endeavor that he's ever attempted, you know. So I was very happy to work with Nick and, and all the other guys in Death Breath as well are, are brilliant. So that was a lots of fun, and I'm hoping that we do it again someday. It makes me curious to ask because there's, I guess it's complete, but the a new Death Breath album. So are you going to have an, any involvement with that? I certainly hope so. I mean, that's been the plan all along. It's just, uh, you know, like Robert, I talk to all the time. Nick is like, uh, Nick is far worse than i am when it comes to like social media or even communicating through email so uh i don't talk to him unless we're like i usually like every once in a while maybe a hi how you doing but most of the time there's very little communication with nick until there's actually something brewing so uh i just just talked to robert once in a while the other guitarist and uh songwriter for death breath and and he says that the music is all recorded and that they intend to have me write and write or uh sing some lyrics on it at some point whenever you know whenever they get ready to do it but they're all you know in other bands and busy all the time so it's just odd for you know nick a to announce something and then like it takes as long as it has because they did post um a rough mix of a, a new song on their myspace or something some years ago and still there's really no progress with it so i was curious what would if you knew any insight to is it are they just busy with the other bands is that what it is or I think so, yeah. I think it's probably just the busyness with the other bands. I mean, I think the last time I heard from Robert was a couple of months ago, and he was like, it's still still on the plate. We just got to get around to it. Before we had the interview, you were telling me that you were finishing up doing a new Cathedral album, so uh, that came kind of as a surprise to me. Uh, what Can you tell us a little bit about this Cathedral album? If anybody out there has followed my career, I, they'll probably know that I played with uh, Cathedral back in the early 90s. I think I joined them in like 93, maybe, and played with them until like the very beginning of 95 was when I had to sort of officially put it down. That was all. That, that wasn't by choice. It was like, you know, at the t- when I joined Cathedral, they were signed to Columbia Records, and we had all sorts of, uh, you know, backing to to have a, you know, bass player who lived in the States and the rest of the band living, you know, in all four corners of the UK. So when we got dropped by Columbia Records, you know, there came a time to make a decision like, you, you know, should I move to England or, you know, stay in Chicago and keep doing my thing? And it just really wasn't you know, in the cards for me to move to England at the time and join the band full time. So we parted ways and, and, but we stayed friends. I've always been a huge fan of cathedral before I was like, when I joined them, they were my favorite band at the time. So it was like, it was like a dream come true when I actually got to join the band uh, right around the time that the ethereal mirror was released. When I left the band, I was sad because I didn't want to have to leave the band and they didn't want me to leave. Uh, So 
they got this guy Leo to replace me, Leo Smee, who was in the band uh, for like 17 years. And uh, towards the end, I think it just, you know, wasn't working out between Leo and Cathedral. They asked me to come back and I, you know, thought about it for a couple of minutes and was just like, this is amazing. I get to, you know, they had already announced that they were going to retire. So I was able to, uh, to jump in there for the last, like, you know, 18 months of the band's existence and play gigs and hang out with my old friends and, and actually record an album, which is something that I wasn't able to do the first time around. You know, I, I wrote a few songs with, uh, with them that all appeared on the uh, Carnival Bazaar. And uh, it, we just gelled really well. You know, there were no, there was like, I really worked well with Cathedral, I think. I understand what they're trying to do and, and they appreciate what I bring to the table. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, chemistry there musically and, and personality-wise with those guys. So um, I was extremely happy to be able to get back into the band and uh, finish up, you know, their career with them, which is, you know, we did a few different tours and, uh, and then made this album, which is going to be released probably in spring of 2013. And uh, I think it's going to be a good one. And this is indeed going to be the last album for the band then? That's the full intention uh, right now of the band is to just, that's it. The album will be released and that's the end of the band. A little bit behind the scenes, you had mentioned that you do a, you work a full-time job in addition to the music. What, what do you do outside of music? Um, I work in uh, the field of post-production, which is, I've, I've done all kinds of stuff in that field. And it's, um, you know, basically once a film or a TV show is shot, then they put it together and when they're putting it together it's called post-production and there's all kinds of stuff involved in that and i've done everything i've done sound effects editing and you know i started out working in a in a vault uh at a post-production company like moving tapes around and worked my way up to sound effects editing and then i ended up programming dvds for a while and and uh the last few years i've been uh last several years now actually i've been doing encoding i do compression encoding for uh like if you're watching something on the itunes store or the netflix things like that hulu i make uh files for them and i'm like uh basically like a troubleshooter research and development for bringing new clients on board for stuff like that it's kind of boring to talk about but i enjoy the work so yeah it sounds i mean that's <laughs> one to expect for someone that moves out to la to be involved in the movie business some form did you have any involvement with that death breath video that they did for the uh the opening track no i wish i did uh i know the guy very well who did it and he's brilliant that video is amazing yeah <laughs> so now i usually like to close an interview with listening to different songs and to get a perspective from the artists and you know from comments whether it be from the production or just fun facts or whatever you know comes to mind and i've chosen repulsions the stench of burning death and for those listeners familiar with the bonus material on the reissued double cdlp one of the demo tracks and i can't comprehend right now well which track it was but the intro riff of that repeats and it's, it became the uh, intro riff to the stench of burning death uh you know thus obviously being the origin of the riff and being a musician myself i'm curious how the song morphed into the stench of burning death the riff was just something that i came up with i think the original song is called it's definitely called crack of doom okay. and i think yeah. uh i think i wrote most of that song myself and uh you know it was originally like the chorus of the song basically i think crack of doom was like a, a little something i stole from lord of the rings 
I just like the way it sounded, although it could be interpreted many other ways. <laughs> the riff uh, just, and you know, that song ended up getting tossed aside, but I always thought that that riff was really good. So I just, when I, when I wrote the stench of burning death, which was, uh, it's probably the hardest repulsion song to play on the guitar because it was written by me, who is not the greatest guitar player in the world. I wrote it really slow. And then I went to Matt Olivo and I said, can you play this riff really fast? <laughs> and he like, you know, just, by the time we recorded it, it was so fast. It was just ridiculous. It's like, uh, I don't think people have a very easy time figuring out how to play that riff. That the, And I'm sure they always get it wrong because it's it's pretty complicated as far as repulsion goes. It's really difficult to play. But So that's how that song came together. The, the, the riffs, The Stench of Burning Death, were written by me and then executed by Matt Olivo. I could only play them slow, but I heard it in my head as being really fast. And once the song written, you know, it just kind of started out with that guitar and I thought, well, it needs something at the beginning, you know, like, but does it just start with a soft guitar and then, and then, you know, kick in like so many other of our songs do, you know, so I wanted to make it a little different. And I also thought that it had the potential to be like the set opener and the album opener and all that, just, just based on the energy and the, the vibe of the song, you know, I just dug up that old, uh, chorus bit from crack of doom and made it into the intro to stench of burning death it's yeah it's a brilliant opener too because it's like the calm before the storm like that just comes in it's slower like okay and then it stops and one two three four and it just fucking goes in the complete chaos it's i I love it and secondly uh we'll hear uh death breaths giving head to the dead and uh i didn't do my homework but i'm assuming that uh nick wrote the lyrics to that song i was wondering if you had any sort of response to such lyric you know when you first heard the title and read those lyrics well giving head to the dead <clears throat> reminds me of the old days when uh, like i was talking about uh going back and forth with chuck because i actually co-wrote the lyrics to that song with nick he wrote the first verse and sent it to me and said uh here i've got a i've got a verse here go with it and finish it up you know it needs three verses i took nick's first verse he wrote the first verse and i wrote the second two verses that was fun trying to make my verses a little bit more twisted than ridiculous than his were you know i mean i think there's definitely everyone in the band is like a huge death metal fan so but we also like see the absurdity in zombie lyrics you know which repulsion i think that's one of the things that nick always loved about repulsion was that we were kind of silly you know there was a certain amount of like humor in the band always always present and i think he liked that and took a little bit of that which was, I think, was also present in like autopsy. You know, those guys like to have a good time and inject a little bit of humor, maybe masked in there, but it's in there. You know, there's always humor in the lyrics. That was how that song came about. You know, just like Nick threw me a verse and I added a couple more. And there's a little uh, in joke in there that relates to an earlier Death Breath song called Dragged Through the Mud, based on Robert, the vocalist who sings on that track, saying the word buddies in a death metal voice. <laughs> well that's, that's pretty cool I, I like to hear the insights to certain stuff it's pretty pretty neat listen to drag through the mud and then listen and, and listen for him to say buddies and then listen to the other one you'll, you'll hear the, uh, the joke there oh I'm, I'm, going, I'm totally going to now since <laughs> of burning death uh, going back to that one is when I was working at a record shop in Michigan in 86 when the first Napalm Death album came out and they, they steal that riff on there and uh i uh i think this song is called deceiver maybe it's been a long time since i listened to that but they you know the, i was working in a record store the kid i was working with 
was going through the import bin and grabbed the Napalm album and was like, let's listen to this. And he put it on and I heard that riff, you know, Stench of Burning Death intro riff. And I, I was like, what an odd coincidence that somebody would come up with the same exact riff that I came up with. Yeah. And, and then they kicked into the song exactly the same way. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. This can't, I'd never heard of at the time. You have to understand. Yeah. So I went over and grabbed the album and I'm looking at it and I started seeing like homemade repulsion t-shirts and I was completely blown away. because that was like shortly after we had broken up and I had no idea that our, you know, influence reached that far to bands that were actually making records and like nick and riffs from us and things like that it was uh crazy yeah that'd be a surreal experience and, and an honor though yeah it was just completely mind-blowing <laughs> <laughs> well scott it's been an absolute honor having you on the show man I, I really enjoy talking to you and i really appreciate you coming on yeah thanks man it's been great absolutely scott carlson <laughs>
It is time to hear what your favorite albums are per decade. Mr. Satan, are you ready? We're going to start with the 80s, all right? I have a lot for the 80s. That's a good background song, because the first one I was going to say, Slayer, Rain, and Blood. Any, anything by yeah, Slayer. this is off Rain and Blood. No, this is Show No Mercy, Hell Awaits, great, great records, very important. Rain and Blood by far was, I think, earth-shattering the first time I heard it, I know. Okay. What else you got? Judas Priest, British Steel, Screaming for Vengeance, Defenders of the Faith, great records. Uh, Carnivore, the first... Retaliation and self-titled, freaking great records. Uh, Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, Live After Death, Peace of Mind. Kill 'Em All was a great record, I thought. Yeah. Fantastic record. Uh, it, it didn't do much for music, but yeah. No, not at all. Anvil, Hard and Heavy, Metal on Metal, Venom, Welcome to Hell, Black Metal. Uh, at War with Satan is fantastic. Candlemas, Epicus Dumicus, Ancient Dreams. Why? They're fantastic records, especially Epicus Dumicus. It's heavy. There's there's like a drive to it. You feel powerful when you listen to it. It's okay. just. It, it, I guess that was the first doomy kind of thing, but I didn't think of it as doom metal but I guess that's kind of the genre that they get put into lumped into I guess it was, it was like one metal. of the first ones to fucking do that it, it was right it's on. just so heavy alright well let's move it on the 90s this is more your era this is especially the 90s this. my fucking 90s is like half of a page <laughs> let's hear your 90s Corrosion of Conformity, Blind, Deliverance. Really? What about Blind? It's a good record. It's heavy. I like Pepper's voice better than... Even though he sang one song on that. Even cool. though <laughs> but I think it's, it's a great heavy record. <laughs> Deliverance yeah. is... It wasn't as heavy. That was more raw. Deliverance like, uh, by who? Corrosion of Conformity. I was just listening to the audience, no. Oh, I thought I said that. No, you didn't. Yeah. Great record. I think that uh, The Soul Tree well, I wasn't into back then But Into Eternity and Bitterness Two great records Yeah Heavy Great uh, Lyrical content I think Right Just great presentation Right on uh, Towards the end of the 90s Cleveland Man Keel Hall Their first record came out Really? Keel Hall? Yeah, yeah, that's one of, I, I like those. Tell us a little bit about them. I don't even know what genre that you'd call them. It's metal, garage metal, I don't know. Uh, from Cleveland, heavy, like a, a hardcore punk metal influence. It's kind of their own little thing, and I think maybe that's why they haven't taken off, because it's kind of hard to pigeonhole those guys. The 2000s. Bye. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> your fucking 2000s background music. Oh. You get all the shitty ones. <laughs> I guess I do. Well, I think the most important is the uh, Crucified Mortals Radio Collator or Radio Locator split. What? You fucking <laughs> homo. Just, yeah, I know. I'm kidding. You're but, on that. Uh, so far, Ghost. 
Wow. How many dicks did you suck before this show? A lot. (laughs) Midnight, Disaster, Divine Blasphemies, Satan's Soldier Syndicate, The Arts of Destruction, Great. Anything by Nunslaughter. What? Awesome. Yeah, they're awesome. Lurking Corpses, their three records. I still don't know anybody that sounds at all like those guys. Uh, Ghoul, great band. Heavy. You know, and they've got that image that it's, you know, they're wearing the potato sacks, whatever, they're in their heads. (laughs) Yeah, the Jason. And that's just great because it's, it's, it's about the music and, you know, being... Nuts. Who we just played earlier? Death Breath. Awesome man. Right on. Tormented. Repugnant. Denial of God. Which album? Horrors of Satan and Death and Beyond are both awesome. The I, I probably because they're longer than the what was the EP, the short one. Oh, like like Claude is something or other. Yeah, I can't think of what it's called right now, which I feel kind of bad, but yeah. Yeah. All right. My turn. I went by most important to me. <laughs> I followed the directions. <laughs> you, your directions said most important, period. Like, I figured I did, most did, did not. I, I just figured you... All right. What? Fuck off. All right. So... I based mine honestly. I I, went, I, I took forever. <laughs> I was really like, did it make me want to write a record? And that was the one that for me. So that was kind of how I approached it, honestly. I, but that, that, that's how I kind of approach everything. That's, that's like what really inspires me. Did I really want to fucking write a song because of this band? That's, you know, I mean, is that stupid? No, no, it had you giving me the assignment that way, you fucking moron, then I would have fucking approached this stuff. God damn it! I quit! Set! You're fired. <laughs> You're leaving behind a really massive paycheck. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Alright. Is Show No Mercy on it? Keep your pants on. <laughs> Creator, pleasure to kill. When I heard that, dude, I was like, like in my fucking seat, and my hair was just like blown back. I was like, wow. You know what? That's actually on my list down there too. Hey, I think I fucked your to say list it. now. <laughs> <laughs> you had your chance, but you no, know, Creator, pleasure to kill, man. When I heard that, it's kind of weird because, um, you know, I had heard extreme stuff before that. But when I heard that record, it really just, like, whoa. Like, that that yeah. really hit me as an extreme record. And it made me really, like, I want to play music like that. Right, right. Uh, How old were you when you first heard that? I was uh, 15. 15, yeah. Yeah. Um, Infernal Majesty, None Shall Defy. Dude, that oh, still I, gives me fucking goosebumps. I was fucking listening record. to it yeah, today. Yeah. When I hear Satan... Master, lead us into hell. That I get shivers down my spine. That's great. Yeah, it, 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 it's not. I mean, not because I'm like, yes, yeah, it's about Satan. It, it because the the delivery and the you attitude. know and the attitude yeah. and just the sound of that record. It's an evil sound of record. It's like Hello Waits slower and sorry Slayer fans, more awesome. 
I, lo- I love it. Yeah, and, and that's a great record. That made me, I mean, that really made me, like, kind of realize how to put a horror edge to stuff. Yeah. And it's technical. I mean, it's fucking hard to play. And, it's weird. And it's, and none will defy. None will. And, um, I'm not defying. Hobbs, Angel of Death. Now, think about that. I was, I, was we, I, I had organized with Hobbs, Peter Hobbs, yeah. to do an interview on Hellcast. And he gave me the approval to do an interview. So I wrote, I took two hours out of my life. I wrote really insight questions. I was so psyched about it. And then he never got back to me. Well, that's and I could see that, and I saw three times that he didn't fucking, he, he read my messages, but he didn't get back to me. So I, so I was like, hey, well, thanks, Peter. Now there's really no wonder in my mind why you guys only had two records in a fucking 25 year period. But that's cool. But it is, yeah, it is awesome stuff. Just that oh, guy, it is. You play the shit out of the guitar of that guy. He had the riffs, you know. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have the fucking responsibility, but whatever. Thanks, thanks, Peter. Two hours. I want it back. Um, metal. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna get it back. No. Give me the fucking interview at least. Metal Church, Metal Church, dude. I titled great record. Had that cassette, man. And it still to this day, it just doesn't get old. No, I, I, that guitar tone on it is so awesome. It's so it's, awesome. I mean, in the beginning, the war David Wayne, over. fucking many, many years ago, it's what? fucking. I, no one had that fucking voice. No, what happened to metal? They were in the gay like that fag earlier. <laughs> right, right. Sacred Reich Ignorance. Make fun of me now. I don't know why, but everyone like seems to really give that band a bad rap. That record's fucking great, man. How is that not great? Yeah, you want to take a give like give Thrash a little bit of a different twist. Yeah, it, uh, a little more political. I fucking love it, dude. Ignorance, dun dun dun. When fucking Death Squad kicks in, dun 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 dun. dun. I, I fucking wrote a riff that's almost equivalent to that. I, it, that's a great, you know. And you mentioned um, Surf Nicaragua earlier. I actually like that record. I like too. that record too. It's it's, it's yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's an awesome. Band. That's kind of where my metal roots went. So, so and you know, but after that, they kind of. Yeah. Oh God, that was horrible! Daddy left again today. Yeah, yeah. like well, James is in the band now, but it, yeah, it's fucking horrible. Um, big one, but very important. Back in black, man. Fucking love it. I forgot to think about ACDC. Yeah, hell yeah. That's a great. Dude, yeah, I love that record. Yeah, best Brian Johnson before he went retarded. <laughs> you know he's more aggressive. Shoot the kill! <laughs> then he got fucking retarded. It was horrible. <laughs> uh, Sodom Agent Orange is what does it for me. Everyone loves Persecution Mania. That was a fucking snore for me, man. When I have trouble sleeping, I put that record on. Give me heat. Everyone write me. Hellcast at hellsetbangers.com. Come on, give me heat. I want to hear it. Persecution Mania, fucking boring. Boring fucking record. I always was like, everyone like, Sodomy and Lost, what a fucking great tune. I heard like, and it's like, I don't know. Exhumed covered it. It was freaking great. Then you hear the original, it's like, God damn, that's fucking boring. Even though that's not on that record, it was on a maxi. If you got the CD, you had that. But fucking Agent Orange, that was where it was at. That was As a thrash listening. record. That was like the most aggressive. Yeah. That, that was to me. 
the 90s. Dude, that was a hard year to come up with anything. You mean a hard 10 years. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> a hard decade. A hard yeah. decade to come up with any. You know, it, I, it really was. I mean, it, because I would, you know, for me, like a lot of important stuff, and it, it sounds, I, I, honestly, I kind of associate thrash nowadays to be kind of like the kids and stuff are really psyched about that. Brazilians could be any age and be psyched about thrash. <laughs> Go Brazil. Uh, but, you know, it's really kind of difficult to come up with anything in that because it was more of a death metal age and more of the Floridian, you know, yeah. death metal. I mean, you know, Swedish stuff too. Uh, but it was a hard age for me. I wasn't the hugest death. I mean, it, it, it it's more to me nowadays than it was then. So this was a harder age for me to come up with something. And, uh, but uh, definitely, definitely, hands down, probably even to some of the 80s albums, The Sultry Into Eternity. That yes. fucking record, I pitch a tent every fucking time I hear it. It's a great record. I, and even Bitterness. But it's, it's awesome. Fucking, and Bitterness. I, I I don't know if you like it as much, but those the, two Not together. as much. No fucking way, man. I, I, no I, fucking I, way. Dude, we're, dude, I heard first, this might put my age out there, I heard first, Swallow the Snake by DeSaltry. And I was like, I don't know about this band. And it was like, whatever, you know, I was young and I was just, if it was heavy, I was like, I, I had an open ear to it. Gave it a chance. Right. Not like nowadays. Um, so <laughs> I saw, I was like, Your well, favorite band nowadays is Job for a Cowboy, right? <laughs> God damn, that's bad. But um, I saw DeSaltry in Into Eternity. I was like, I don't know anything about that. It was a metal disc mail order or something. Really slow fucking company. No wonder why they're out of business. Maybe they're still in business. I don't know. So I ordered it from them, and I got it in, and I put that in, and what the? Whoa. And mind you again, like I've heard extreme shit before, you know, your American death metal and all that, you know. I remember in fucking fourth grade jamming out Cannibal Corpse records, and it's like, but when I heard that, it was just like, holy fuck, man. Well, the thing and that about sticks that, with me now. I, I, every time I hear that, I hear that fucking. Um, I think it's on um, the Chill Within. He does that, and then he does that fucking quick blast. Like, like those fucking fill, like the drumming on that is just fun. Ah, I'm, I'm a sucker for good drumming, and that that record. And it's different than sw- all the other Swedish. Oh, it's much different, and there's it, it's uh, I, it goes back it. to what we were talking about earlier: is the attitude behind it you know you, there's some kind of just raw energy kind of uh, to it oh dude you, like oh it's not really a fuck you attitude but it's like this is what we're fucking playing yeah, yeah. and fucking we're gonna run you over and fuck you if you don't like it needless to say that's one of my favorite records of yeah. all time that, that made me want to make music yeah and, yeah. and I, I feel the same way about bitterness but I know it's different right I mean it's a great record but it's it's it's, it's not, not into eternity not, no no fucking way um, uh, sadistic intent, resurrection. Not an album and an EP, but ancient Black Earth. Not an album and an EP, but if you put them both together because they're a really fucking lazy band, you get an album, and that is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, love it. So, yeah. Oh fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are those guys doing? Do we have them put a record out in fifteen years? Magnus, I was watching my death. I knew you were gonna pick. Oh, yeah. dude, it. phenomenal! The thing about that record is, I had that on tape. I got a tape of that record, and it was 
the tape was called Gods of the Crime. So my mom was like, I always thought it was Gods of the Crime. And then, you know, it's a rare band. I can't find it anywhere. And I found it on someone's trade list. I was watching my death. And I was like, what the fuck is that? I, 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 I need that. I was like so fucking stoked. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah you know. And I get it. I was like, it's the same record. But it was, it was like, fuck, dude, it's missing songs. And I found out that they, they had a different name for the tape version of the same album. Essentially, I was watching my death was released on tape under the name Gods of the Crime. Only was missing three songs on the Gods of the Crime album of the tape. Yeah. But then they did a demo called Gods of the Crime, which is one of the songs on the album. Needless to say, Polish death metal gone fucking awesome. Fuck Vader. That was. That's where it is for me, man. I love the Polish blast beat too. It's like. <laughs> like he's not fucking he doesn't hit the snare sometimes it's like that guy's horrible I love it oh, yeah, <laughs> just you keep got, the timing yeah you gotta be into those guys oh dude oh yeah, fuck I, I oh. didn't know them before I met you they're great um entombed left hand path awesome. my fucking the the god to me Nick Anderson yeah my my all time my fucking like favorite musician dude, of it, all time you know <laughs> yeah there's some awesome uh, cause the guitar solos on that that record it's just well if you were looking for Swedish death metal sounding guitar solos of Nick Anderson's shine then you would go to Dismember because he played the guitar solos on the first I Death thought he played album. on no he on did Entombed. not no he, he, he I didn't. thought he did the he guitar played, solos no on, he just did drums I thought he did the guitar solos no, on Entombed that was uh, or the, on Left Hand Path no like an Everton Flow and Stream he did that the guitar I thought solos. he did them on Entombed too no. nope I'm wrong no sir you are you are incorrect I am incorrect <laughs> Dude, um, I've been thinking that for a long time no yeah well, that's easy to get him confused because all the Swedish bands and you know, all that stuff. Um, maybe give me some heat, but Corrosion of Conformity, Wise Blood, man. I dug that. That is a good record. That was an awesome... And, and, and that was before this freaking, like, doomish stoner kind of thing that everyone has a boner over nowadays. I thought it was a good record. It was a freaking heavy record. Maybe it was a little bit main- mainstream, and yeah, they stirred from their freaking punk roots. Fuck you, everyone watching this video. I got an animosity shirt on. I like everything that that honestly I could say I like everything that band does did minus that America's Volume Dealer album that was really bad <laughs> yeah that's I cool. was like I don't know what the hell's going on but with that I, do you like so you like Wise Blood better than uh, Deliverance oh depends what day of the week it is honestly yeah, um because Wise Blood again I think that that was a little heavier. I yeah, think Deliverance is a little more raw, sort of like um, Deliverance was more. Yeah, Deliverance was more of your uh, Sabbathy Saint Vitus kind of stuff. But for some, where some Wise Blood moved more, it yeah, was more it was groovy. More. I mean, Hetfield King of Rot and that whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a heavy record. Heavy fucking yeah, record. I mean, whether you song, like it or not, man. go fuck yourself. That was a good '90s record. I gotta say, I like it. Both those records, Deliverance and Wise. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I agree. I like them both. I'm a, I like later Corrosion, man. I, I, even Blind, like you said, that was a great record. It's, yeah, everyone's probably like giving me a stink face right now. Like, I what remember, the I, fuck? <laughs> I like the punk stuff. I like that too, man. But that fucking, I like the Pepper Keenan stuff. I don't know what the fuck he's doing with that gay down bullshit. Yeah, I'm down that he's in down. Um, and I, I gotta get mainstream on you, Iced Earth, Days of Purgatory. I dug that. That was fr- not because they revisited the early stuff 
with a good singer for once. And those were good songs. It was cool. Come on, man. <laughs> the fucking 90s were hard, all right? <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. They were hard to come up with stuff. But no, I liked it. I, I really enjoyed early Iced Earth. It's good stuff. I, I, fuck you if you don't agree. <laughs> so that's kind of, that's my 90s kick for you. All right. 2000s. The 2000s obviously went from 2000 to 2012. So you got two more years. Yeah. Go 2000s. But honestly, fuck. That was a bit easy for me, I have to say. And Deceased Supernatural Addiction ranks top of the list. Ugh. I mean, I love earlier Deceased, but that was like... That was the record, man. I mean, it had that... Was more like heavy metal, but I loved it. it, it uh, fucking love it. Still love I, it. I, I, honestly, anything that I, I, I've really, never heard a deceased record that I didn't like. Right, and it really inspired me lyrically to want to write like horror stories. Yeah, and base them and stuff and do it like they did. Um. Cool Splatter Thrash. Splatter Thrash. I fucking love that record, man. That's great. It's fucking awesome, right? That intro tune? That's freaking awesome. Very uh, modal. Shout out to Mr. Von Ghoul, The Lurking Corpse's Lust for Blood. Love it. I, again, another band. All three of their records. Underrated, man. They're... Anything, the uh, that band should be huge. The, the split with the Beyond where they covered Grim Reaper, yeah, it's fucking, it's awesome. That's but that bit, you know, the, the thing of it is like, band like Ghost is huge because they're playing what seventy style metal rock and dressing up. Why the fuck aren't their lurking corpses huge? They smoke Ghost in a heavy perspective. Heavier. Can fucking play, shred, and it's, in my opinion, way more original. So, children, catch up on your fucking lurking corpus. Yeah, I, I actually have one more to add when you're done. That I um, missed on Disaster, Divine Blasphemies. Awesome record. Oh. Satanic, I like them better than Occulto. I really do. I, their new one, Arts of Destruction, fucking, I love that. Yeah, one. yeah. Just, just. But Divine Blasphemies, that still takes the cake. Angel Horror was an awesome record, as is in the background, but it, the songwriting wasn't, wasn't as fluent. The riffs were there. The riffs are awesome, yeah. The riffs were awesome, but they didn't exactly sync them together as well as Divine Blasphemies. Like, every fucking song is, you know, dun 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 there's always a fucking catch to it and it's just like to me a catch always kind of like that's like I don't know how to connect these riffs you know uh, so but Divine Blasphemies for me especially uh, what do you think of Satan Soldier Syndicate it was a great record too but uh, it, it was not. it was no Divine Blasphemy no but ours of destruction I think was it yeah Right, um, keeping on uh, Metal Lucifer Heavy Metal Bulldozer <laughs> Love it It's so fucking cheesy I love it <laughs> Gazole and Company Man That's fucking awesome Honestly I really dug that Sling Blade album Molly uh, uh, The Unpredicted Deeds, Deeds of, of Molly, Molly Black That's That a was a record. cool record man it's Straight up metal That just Straight up metal But it was like it, They took a merciful Or a King Diamond approach And it was like A freaking concept album Yeah And not that that sold it for me but it, it, uh, chick singer, when if they're gonna have chick vocals, do it right. 
utilize the chick vocals. I don't right. want to hear you do a monster voice because monster voice isn't going to work out. A man's always going to sound better, of course. Sing like a chick. I want to hear that. I want to hear a chick voice Sleepers. that adds yeah. to it. And, and phenomenal album. I love it. I, I listen it to it all record. the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and last but not, not least, Denial of God, Death and the Beyond. Fucking great record. What a way to fucking start the and that's year. That's a great record. Yeah, that is I mean, an awesome record. Oh, I, I fucking... It was a really big, big pleasure to interview Usto, and then when I, and then when that record came in, I was like, oh, I was so psyched. So that's my picks. Those are like records that really, really hit me hard. Well, thank you for joining us on Hellcast, and get active. We want to hear from you. Facebook.com/slash/HellcastMetalPodcast and uh, Hellcast.HellsHeadbangers.com. Send me an email. We will talk to you next time. This is Hellcast. Go fuck yourself.
Ah! Ah! Ah!